Well, hello and welcome back everyone to Burn Your Boats, 14th episode with me, your host, Matt Lestallion. I am here today with Tony Sims, the artist, the entrepreneur, the king leader beginner in my life of burning your boats. He uh, he did. He burnt he burned his boat. And that was uh, it was it was a hell of a thing to see early on um, in my so-called what you would say a professional career as an adult been working at Volkswagen for a couple years and uh, maybe was making my transition to the army and at the same time Tony had decided that he was he was done with it he was done with the industry and he made his shift into the arts not just as a as a passion side project but as his full-time employment that was that's it's just a hell of a move it's a hell of an investment in doubling and tripling down on yourself and what it is that you could provide to the community and how you're going to leverage that to be able to support your family and yourself. It's an amazing story. It's filled with courage. I'm blessed to have Tony in my life. I'm so thankful. I have so much gratitude for him and, and what he represents and his persistence over the last decade of pursuing this, of pursuing his happiness through his art and supporting his family through that. Tony is the type of person that I love surrounding myself with, with his type of energy and his spirit and his fight and his zest. It's so important to surround yourself with these good people that motivate you and inspire you and that's what that's why i'm here i'm here to provide that additional person in your life we i bring these guests on so that way we can change your life we can influence you show me your friends i'll show you your future you spend enough time with me and my my guests on this show and we can help start to shift things for you shift the current day one percent at a time one small habit at a time to the point where these habits and these changes and these mental shifts compound on each other and one day you look back and everything's changed and that's that's the story here and so thank you for all you new listeners thank you for coming and showing up for the first time love to have you and for all of you amazing lovely folks that keep coming back every single week for the next episode so much love and appreciation for you too. So without further ado, here is the artist, entrepreneur, brosive of mine, Tony Sims. Cool. Hey, welcome back everybody. Another episode uh, of Burn Your Boats. Um... I got the story laid out. Uh, I, I like telling it, though. It's a fun one for how the, the name of the show came about. So it was actually inspired by one of my guests, um, which lets you know that I didn't have my show named until I was on guest, like, 11. <laughs> Thanks, Kelly. This is a shout-out to Kelly Kroll. <clears throat> she, uh, she told me about the expression, burn the ships, and it had to do with this guy. I forget. I, I have the story up on the private Facebook, fi- private Facebook group. Um, for the full details, but it was this, like the ship's captain's name was Cortez, and he's rolling with the ship down to like this new land that they've never been to before. And when they get there, like it's cold, it's desolate, they're having a hard time like hunting and all this stuff. And all of the crew is like, 
let's go home. Like, this is terrible. Why are we still here? I got women. I've got booze. I've got food and shelter. Like, let's get out of here. And so Cortez was like, burn the ships. And so basically it's like, I am not, I'm taking away our safety net, our lifeline back to the world that we knew because we are here for a reason and we're not, we're not going back. We are pushing forward. I'm taking away that option. And I was like, that's kind of beautiful. It's kind of a beautiful analogy. And maybe it it struck home with me because I'm considering burning my ship of the army and, and pushing on to entrepreneurship. We'll see. At any rate, so today I have the pleasure of speaking with Tony Sims, an amazing individual. So amazing that with my jacked up back, I was like, I'm going to drive two and a half hours from Nebraska to Iowa, which if anybody knows this part of the country is just gorgeous scenery. <laughs> so boring. <laughs> it's a, uh, it was, it's, it was definitely a flash from the past from in like multiple aspects because like I grew up here, born and raised in Nebraska. And so very used to the kind of farmland and stuff. So I was like, oh, yeah, I remember like driving through all of this. I haven't been around it like this in like a decade. Um, And but then also like as you get like further and further, I got further and closer and closer to you. It was like it's like going in a time machine because you're like you're looking at the cities and you're like, bro, these are the houses like you have like and it's just it's very farm towny and like you have like some of the buildings that are like kind of lean in over and look, people are like, we're not going to live there anymore or whatever it's the rustic. case is. It's, yeah, rustic. it's very rustic. It's very <laughs> rustic. So, um, Tony was actually, I was just telling him this cause I don't think that he knew it before today. He was one of the, the aspects or one of the people that really was the motivation for me starting this style of show. Um, and it's because, we both, I actually, we met when we were working at a Volkswagen dealership, both wrenching together. So he was really wrenching. I pretended to wrench because I did like oil changes. I was pretending, <laughs> I promise. I just had more years of pretending than you did. <laughs> That's perfect. So we, we ended up working essentially kind of like side by side in the bays right next to each other. And we, we got to know each other really well, you know? And it was, it was. We used to annoy everybody around us. Oh, we yeah, did. We just nonstop. Basically, like, we could have recorded us every day back then, and it would have been like a show for years. Like, <laughs> talking about eight, ten hours a day. The fact Sean never snapped. Oh, my. Poor Shawnee. Shawnee, I love poor you. Sean. If you're listening, I love you. <laughs> <laughs> Sean was the guy that I went out to lunch with when I had my long hair and hippie beard that, like, we'd go out together, and people would look at him like, you're such a good guy taking this homeless guy out to eat. Like, good for you. <laughs> Sean was always very well kept. You know, they were always done just right. Nice. You, you downplay your success. <laughs> Everybody was attracted to you in your Jesus state. <laughs> yeah. I love That's the nickname that I got from, coined by you. And and I think, I think it was just you. Yeah. I used to call you Jesus. Then it turned to Jesus. And after you joined, it became GI Jesus. There it was. And I, actually, it's funny because I'll use my license uh, I'll show people after I get to know them a little bit or as an icebreaker. That's fun too. Um, do you have a picture of you with the hair? I have my license is that picture. How are you getting away with that? Because I'm in the, I'm in the army. And as long as I'm active duty, I get to keep an expired license. <laughs> I know that guy. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. I'll have to, I'll have Huge to, sh- smile I'll have perfect. to, yeah. Right. I'll have to share this on the Facebook page so that way people can be like, what are they talking about? Like, yeah, it's, it's there. It's real. Um, 
so the reactions to that photo are actually kind of hilarious because it's it's one of three, but typically one of two things. So it's either, wow, you look like Jesus, or wow, you look like Charles Manson. <laughs> like, those are polar opposite responses. Okay, the picture may be a little Charles Manson-y, but I can attest you look like Jesus back in the day. <laughs> the very stereotypical picture of the Italian Jesus that everybody yeah, that's right, followed yeah. in the Catholic Church. Yeah, that's white, you look white like. guy tans well. That was Jesus, right? <laughs> that's exactly There's what no was. way he was Arabic. No. <laughs> No, he's definitely Italian. <laughs> I mean, look. I mean, look what happened with Rome. You got the Vatican. He was definitely Italian. Oh yeah. <laughs> um, Italian but Jewish. I always, I always tell people what, what, based on their reactions to the photo and what guess or what what relation they make. I'm like, it just lets me know. You know, it's an insight into your soul and the type of person that you are. So, <laughs> so if I would have went to Manson, it would have been a completely different thing. Yeah, yeah. It's just and, and no judgment. I, no I judgment. went to Jesus. Though. Yeah, no. You, you, went, you went to Jesus, Jesus prior to the picture. So, so you I guess I'm righteous. <laughs> You will be saved. <laughs> so no, but so we were there and we were working and I'm, I'm relatively young at the time. I am probably 19 or 20. And so I'm really kind of getting used to being in the workforce professionally, right? Like I had worked at like restaurants, like in high school and stuff like that. So I was used to working. Um, and actually I just talked to Chris Hoffman who owns Lansky's now. Um, and, who I, I worked with him at my first job. And so now it's, it's <coughs> cool. I get to talk to you and we work together as like my last professional job before I joined the military. You say professional, but you perfected the, the uh, foot slide on soapy floors. <laughs> Can't even remember what the hell you used to call that. I, power slide? I don't know. I don't remember. I don't remember, but it was, we would measure. We would, so we, I would dump, we would have floor soap that we'd use to clean our base at the end of the day or like throughout the day if it got really bad. And so, you know, we clean up our base, we'd squeegee it all up, you know, brush it all off. It was, it, it was, it was good. It was good stuff. And like any good soap, it is like a pretty good lubricant, especially on like whatever kind of top they had on the concrete, like that. Yeah, the it was a nice smooth surface. Yeah, it's nice and smooth already. And then you dump some of that nice soap down and you get a nice running head start, and you can just power slide. Like, and it was like, how far can I go? And then we tried to start grinding on the the rail for the, the drain. For the drain, yeah, yeah. I got some pretty good distance on that thing too. I just remember <laughs> me and Pete always sit back and watch, like he's gonna eat it today. Nope, he survived. <laughs> and I tried. I tried to go as far as again. She's like, I'm gonna eat it. Like, I want to push it to the point. You made it almost the entire shop length that one time. That's that true. was your record. Oh, uh, from the uh, door almost to the wash bay. That was another life. It's another life, man. I, so, so I say when I when I reflect back on my life, I I think I I can pretty clearly dissect it into four different humans' lives. Like like a human could have lived their entire life this way, and I've done that four times. And I'm like I don't know how many more times I got in me. Just that <laughs> but, changes also. Though. But maybe <laughs> it's uh you, it's, you shouldn't stay the same. Yeah. There's a, the, whatever the case is and whether it's good or bad, the, the place that I'm at now, I'm just super happy about because I feel like I've, I've identified the things that really matter to me and that, that help to make me a better person. And, and when I, when I think about being a good person, I think about the way that you are with other humans, right? Cause that's, what's the point of everything? Like we live around other people. And so like, let's create value for each other. Let's establish good relationships and so gratitude has just become like my number one priority. Like every day when I wake up, I just, I put my feet out of my bed 
and I step on the carpet and I'm like, oh my God, how lucky am I? Like how, how, how much more thankful can I be for the fact that my air conditioning's kicking at, you know, 95 degrees outside in Georgia weather. I get out of my, out from underneath my comforter that I'm wrapped up in because it's so cold because I can make it that way inside of my apartment. I step on a carpet and I get to wake up and, and like make myself a cup of coffee. You know what I mean? Like what an amazing life to be able to lead just on that alone. And so that's where I try to, that's where I try to stay. And I think that it helps keep me grounded and able to be around people like in a more positive attitude. That's, that's really what I try and do. While you're talking all this greatness, this winter we hit like 52 below zero. And so that, so that wasn't great to wake up to. When I consider my future and the potential of burning my boat of the military, which would most inevitably lead to at least me temporarily coming back to Omaha, I think about that. Our winters are worse now. And I'm like, I don't I don't know if I can handle that. My blood's been thinned. <laughs> I'm a Southeast boy this, now. This one hurts. I was walking my dogs wearing goggles because it hurt my eyeballs to be outside. And he, Tony has four... They're all huskies, huskies right? Siberian huskies. Four beautiful Siberian huskies who have great singing voices. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they yap all day long. But it's it's so easy to veer off topic with you just because it's fun. We just have fun. This is this is like the good old days. I don't think we ever had a topic. No. Nope. Just kind of we just We just go. Ramble. We just go. <laughs> and so... And then Sean would be between us just wanting to end life for everybody. <laughs> I have. I'm sending. If nothing else, if Sean never listens to the show or anything, I'm sending him this him this one specifically. This is like, <laughs> Sorry, like an, an ode to Sean. <laughs> um. So, but so we were both working at Volkswagen, and I'm trying to put the timeline together accurately. So you, there was, God, what 2006, seven? Yeah. Cause I, so I joined the army in 2009 in April. And I had worked there for probably two years, I want to say. Yeah, so you left before I did. So. Did I leave before oh, you? No. Did I leave before? That was the timeline I was trying to put together. I think that you left before me. Yeah, I walked. Yeah. And so that was that was the first time in my life where I had seen, like you see it in movies or whatever, and it's never really the same. I think media does play a, a really big role in impacting us and who we are and how we see the world. But there is something to be said that when you are working somewhere and you watch somebody just like I'm picking up my toys and I'm going home, you know, like, (laughs) um, and that's what you did. That's what you did. I I was burned out long before I got to a lot. And so I had been introduced to kind of like your, I wouldn't necessarily call it your side hustle, but like your passion outside of it. Like I was able to go to your place. I was picked you up and took you to work a couple of times when there were some car troubles uh, back when I had my Wrangler, mm, miss that baby. But uh, and then that's where I really was able to see a lot of the the artwork that you had done, and I was like, bro, like you're doing, like you just do this on your own, like outside of work. I was pretty much on a 13 year hiatus while I was turning wrenches. So I didn't really grow much anything. But so what I was in high school? I, when I did, submitted to comic books and stuff like that, and I got an actual handwritten letter from uh, Marvel, which I thought was the coolest, but I lost in a flood. Oh my god! What, I, so when did when did all of it start for you? Like when did you? What like, I was thinking about this on the drive up here, and I'm like when did you draw your first picture that you were like, 
you knew objectively, like, this is good. Like, this is, like, I am not... I'm still like, waiting for that. <laughs> I've done a few things I've done that I, I'm proud of, but I still haven't done anything like, oh, my God, this is the pinnacle. I can, I can stop. No, 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 not the pinnacle, but, like, when you're, like, you're a young kid, and, like, you're, so you're watching what other kids are drawing, and then, like, you're drawing things because kids color and draw. Like, was there had to be a point when, like, you looked and you're like, my stuff looks different than the other kids' stuff. Probably not. I was pretty solitary, especially when really? to Iowa. Oh, like, yeah, that's fair. This is what you know, the military lifestyle. Hurry up and wait. Yeah. Imagine being a kid. Because I lived my dad's lifestyle. If we had to go here, we had to be here at this time. We always get there early because you're earlier, you're late. Yeah. And then you wait for your dad, so there's lots and lots of waiting. So uh... waiting, I used to draw. Oh, okay. So in airports, I draw. So, but then, and you said in high school, you submitted a drawing. Yeah, I tried to uh, try getting work with uh, Marvel and DC. So there had to be some sort of awareness that you weren't drawing shit. <laughs> uh, I, other people around noticed, you know, I was the kid that drew. It didn't mean that I was good or bad. It just meant that I was the one that was always drawing. Right, right. Just, that was my nervous twitch. I was yeah. uncomfortable, I'd draw. Yeah, I was low. What did you What did you like to draw? Do were you going specific things? I know that you said you had submitted for comic books. I, but... I, was, I was always drawing people. Oh, okay, and I started out with superheroes, GI Joe. When I was a little kid. Yeah, funny. <laughs> so when you so you submit, well, how did that come? How did the, that opportunity even make its way into to your attention? Oh, so there wasn't yeah. even like. Like, send in your drawing, you were like, I'm just going to do no, it. No, I was like, I want to see... And so who did you send it into? I sent it to the Marvel submission office. Oh my god, that's awesome. And so I, what What did you submit? I was 15, I think. Okay. It's pretty cocky of a 15-year-old to think that, hey, I'm good enough to draw. <laughs> I didn't get it, by the way, so... You didn't get... No, I didn't get hired, obviously. Oh, yeah. But they, uh, do they... Res- you said you got a letter back, yeah, I got I got a packet back, and they actually made photocopies of the submissions I did, and actually sent my submissions back. And they sent photocopies on what they wanted to see changed, and I actually got a handwritten letter. Wow. So what did you draw? What did you send in? Uh, I didn't do comic panels, which was my number one strike. <laughs> I was doing, like, these big portrait shots of, like, the Punisher and Wolverine. And... Oh, okay. That's awesome. And so they sent back, They did you send back corrections? I was a dumb kid. Yeah. Like, yeah. oh, hey, okay, well, they don't want me, so screw them. <laughs> you don't deserve me anyway. Pretty much. You get this <laughs> little asshole. So what what happened then? So you get out of... I got cussed as I... As oh, no, 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 no fuck okay. it. <laughs> fuck all the bullshit. It's fine. Okay. <laughs> I was like, do you need to go? <laughs> <laughs> no, I just realized that. Yeah, no. I'm pretty I, good about turning it off and on. There was... So I thought I was until I started the show. And I'm I was pretty I, turning it off and Yeah. And so then I realized that I don't do a good job of turning it off like I would hope so. Like, I would like to make it... cuss pretty good in the day. Yeah. And then I got real good at not around the kids... And then, now I cuss around the kids, like, on purpose. And then, I, I, I was walking down the street, I forget where, I think we were in Savannah. I was walking down the street with my kids. And I said, like, holy hell, or something like that. And my son was like, Dad, you really gotta stop cussing. And I was like, God shit, fuck, damn it! Bitch! <laughs> Dad's got Tourette's. Leave me alone. And, and like all three of my kids' jaws just hit the floor. They're like, what is wrong with you? And I just point at myself and I go, dad, that's it. Well, I do what I want. I remember when I was a kid, it was a different time, obviously, the 70s and the 80s. And you hear your dad say shit and it's the funniest thing on the planet. <laughs> yeah. 
And we, I we, we we elevated the cussing game. Yeah, <laughs> we do it a lot. I it's I, just the word. Yeah, I try. I try to. I try to cut back. I don't like to do it a whole lot, but at the same time, like I I feel comfortable cussing around my kids because they know that I can do it and they, they can, can't yeah. do it. Like it's, I could do it as all day every day. Does not give you permission to to say any of those words. And it's funny they'll they'll talk about like oh this thing just happened at school, and this kid said this word, and I'm like what word? Like the S word, and I was like. What s word? And, and they're, they're looking. They're, they're looking at me like, but I, I, you. Come on, say what it. am I supposed to say? like? What I don't understand. They're like you know what the s word is. I'm like shoot, sharp. I don't. I don't get it. And they're like shit. And I was like, what did you just say? Like, Dad! <laughs> yeah, I played that the game best when I was a little kid. Uh, we've probably been to Iowa for maybe a year. And I came home from school, and I was so proud. I told my mom what the uh, the old tractor, the MF tractor, Massey Ferguson, what the MF stood for. Motherfucker. And I got smacked <laughs> out of the chair. <laughs> Apparently did not stand for that. That is fantastic. I love it. Mom didn't hold back. No. no I'm across can... the cheek. I didn't say it again. Yeah. No, that's, uh, I like that. They, they, the kids, I remember kids at my school when I was young, they, one kid, Seth, I'll leave the last name out. <laughs> if he listens to this, he, he knows who he is. Uh, he said he was a transfer to our school, so he was like, a, he was kind of new. Like I didn't really know him, but he like lived like two houses away from me. And some somebody like the teacher said something, and then he was he was like, "Shut the front door!" And I was like, "Oh my god!" Like it totally came off exactly like "shut the fuck up," and I was just like, oh, "I can't believe what's life. just happening." <laughs> <laughs> so I, I do that. I taught, I've taught my kids some of the cheating, the cheating cussing. <laughs> but we don't really do that. Don't do that. Don't say God either. That'd be great if you could just I get it. You guys want to be like me and not believe like in anything specifically, but you're open to it. It's fine. Shut up. Just don't, don't, I would prefer you saying fuck over God like nine times out of ten. Like, I, I used to have this uh, friend of mine uh, he was strangely devout, but had no problem killing animals. God's creatures didn't much matter. They're here for us to eat, man. Pretty much. Well, it wasn't just eat. I mean, it was just, oh, there's a squirrel, kill it. Uh-huh. Oh, that's different. But he had a problem if I was, God damn it. I shouldn't say God. Well, you probably shouldn't kill everything you see either. I think God probably cares more about you killing his toys than he does about me saying his name. If there's a, or her, or if there's a hierarchy or echelon to sin, Pro- probably... Probably death. Blind murder is probably a little bit worse than <laughs> like profanity. It's, like it's the coldest of the cold-blooded murders. <laughs> he didn't kill any humans, if that counts, but I mean, he's, he'd kill birds That's and good. squirrels for no reason whatsoever. Yeah. I always thought that was a shitty thing. I just, I, I, there's a word for it when we in, impose human emotions and characteristics on animals. Um, I forget what it is, but... Thanks to Disney, I do that innately. Like, growing up on Disney movies, I'm like, oh, yeah, like, this squirrel's a happy little squirrel, and he's got this life going on, and he comes home with this little squirrel suitcase, you know, <laughs> or briefcase. I'm, I'm okay with the circle of life. I kind of get the whole thing, but I'm a, a hypocritical carnivore. Yeah. I love me, but I don't want to do the work to kill it myself. Yeah, I want to get involved in that. Like, I want to, I would like to be in a position where I'm hunting, and I and I kill an animal, and that animal I can then, like, freeze 
and and use for an extended period of time. You know what I mean? And eat off the stuff that I specifically kill. So like understand how to like clean it. Never done it. Never gone hunting a day in my life. And I just I want to do it at least once to experience the process because I might be exactly like you're saying. I'm I'm just aware of the fact that I don't know. You know, I, I have that struggle inside. If I see a deer, oh, it's so beautiful, but it's so tasty, but it's look so beautiful. It's but full, it's look at that! Look at that hind leg. Just uh, give me some of that shit. <laughs> <laughs> so, so anyway, um, like, so you were in high school. You had submitted. You know, you were had gotten a pretty cool response back. That you were like, yeah, oh, looking that. back, now, yeah, it's, it's pretty, pretty amazing. amazing. <laughs> and so, what what happens next? You you get out of high school, and what does life look like? Uh, I went through high school with the prospect that I was going to join the military when I got out of high school. Okay. And that, was, that was my life goal. I was going to join the Army or the Navy. Yeah. And so you didn't? No, asthma says no. Oh, I got you. It's, I, I went just... to the recruiter the, uh, the first week after I got my diploma, and I went to go sign up and ask him all the questions and saw me take a hit in my inhaler because I was a little, a little excitable and having a little bit of an asthma. Kids, if you want to trick your way into the army, do not bring your inhaler to the recruiter. <laughs> lie, 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 lie until yeah. you get through basic, right? Pocket that. Ch- <laughs> I I honestly think that you can be. I don't. So it's weird because you can be in the army with a ton of conditions they won't let you in for, but if you like develop them while you're in, it's totally fine. Like I know, I know a ton of people with asthma. Though I don't know if the rules have changed where they allow that now, or if they just like if you develop it while you're in. And that's cool, but I know I know people with inhalers that are in. Uh, it was ninety one, so we were kind of in our military dead spot. Oh yeah, you know, cold so war we're, we're not and, needing people right yeah. now. Yeah, so they changed their parameters because the guy was saying, you know, if you would have joined a couple of years ago, you've been fine. Yeah, <laughs> which I don't even know if that's true or not because I don't know what the regulations were. Well, they, yeah, it's they, it's they are definitely able to move their goalposts um, as required. You know what I mean? Like, with waivers accepted for essentially anything. You get people, after 9-11 happened, then they they opened the floodgates. They're like, three-time felon? Eh, what'd you do? Like, (laughs) we can work with it. What kind of felonies were they? <laughs> we can probably make it work. Did you kill people? We kind of need people that kill people. So, <laughs> I'm not, oh, that's not you, you that's did. not legit. I really don't know you if they let people in that are murderers, but I know that people with with crimes were being let in where in previous situations they were not. I have so. a really close friend. I painted his bike. Uh, uh, he actually joined the military because he got arrested so many times. It's like you're either joining or you're going to jail. It's like I'm going to join. Yeah, that used to be a thing. That's not really a thing anymore. I think it was in the eighties. I think that's a, I think that's a pretty cool deal. I've always been interested. I don't I don't like the idea of forcing anybody to do anything. Like I don't like that. Um, as an individual, you should be able to choose your path, good, bad, or whatever. However, and not to contradict that, I I'm interested and I like talking about the idea of a service post high school, whether it be military or just in the public sector, like you're volunteering or whatever it is, or like you're traveling with something akin to the Peace Corps, but like, you're not necessarily like you're in like a different echelon. It's like you're in the army, but you're like, you're not in like the normal army or whatever. You're in like these support roles or whatever, but like you, you have that time to kind of earn money, be an adult, and not be 
dedicating yourself to the career of your life. You know what I mean? Like, we expect 18-year-olds to leave high school. And I was 17. Not because I was smart. Just the cutoff ages worked really well. So I, just, I assure you, you could look at my grades. It didn't work well for you. Yeah. That means you were the kid in school. No, no, no. It was terrible. I didn't drive until a week after the beginning of my junior year. Everybody else gets to do stuff. Yeah. Poor man has to stay yeah. home. Yeah. But it was cool because I, then I, I, the, the one time where I was like, this is really awesome was when I went to UTI and I was like, I'm going to have an associate's degree six days before I turn 18. Oh. And I was like, that's pretty cool. Because it was one on. So I was 17 when I started. No, I would have been 18. I was, that was, it was, I would have, I'll have an associate's degree because it was a one year rapid program and it was like right before I turned 19 is when I was going to. Sucker you to go to cars. Pat, my brother. Oh, and it wasn't, but he doesn't even know that. Like, I don't even think that he knows. I think on some level, he probably knows. Because he was always the one that was interested in cars. He was always uh, like checking out the magazines, want to work, like kind of mess around with this car tinker. That around. was my the, downfall. Yeah. Do what? That was my downfall. Oh, yeah. Just like wanting to tinker. Yeah, I, I just I liked cars. And I think his thing was more, and yours may have been, but he, he was like in the performance side. Like he like, really liked the idea of like adding like the, the whole Fast and Furious oh, yeah. scene. Well, yeah. no, I wouldn't say Fast and Furious because those movies were awful. I said it out loud. I will say that while I acknowledge and I agree with you that they are awful, I will still watch them. And I will get like that. It's like that guilty pleasure like where I'm watching like this is so terrible. But it's like what am I expecting from my action flicks now? Like and now you add Dwayne Johnson. Like I love The Rock. I don't. I said it and I don't give a shit. I I love love The the Rock rock too. (laughs) But when you're expecting people to suspend their disbelief, you need to give them parameters. That show Do was, you? Yeah. <laughs> the Avengers, you accept that they're superheroes on this realm. So you yes. know there's people, so you can accept it. The Fast and the Furious, there's no parameters saying, hey, everything works the way that it's supposed to work, except for these cars are magical. <laughs> you do not blow your car up and then still manage to outrun the police. It does not work that way. You blow your car the up, one, your car's done. I forget which one. It's what, Fast and Furious 13. I don't know. But the... <laughs> <laughs> there's one where I think the the I think it's the most recent one seven or eight. I and, seen it. I, yeah, I stopped when they could not run a tank, and then they could not run a submarine for some reason. I'm not really sure how recent maybe the submarine became one. a thing. Yeah, maybe it was in that one. But there was there was a, the, was it Charlize Theron? Was she in one of them as the bad? There's some some, some blonde woman that was the main antagonist in the story. Like started controlling like a ton of vehicles from her tablet and like and like driving <laughs> them works. like driving them like out of like parking garages down so it's like raining cars down and, like like the cinematography and like the idea I'm like that's pretty cool like just to see but like abs no parameters <laughs> I suspend I suspended my disbelief <laughs> there, there was a show on uh, it was supposed to be like these four geniuses could like solve crimes and all that. I can't remember what the channel it was on. But I was watching. I was kind of enjoying it because the characters were pretty cool in the development yeah. of the characters. Then they got to the spot where uh, one of the characters was driving an 80s Ferrari. I think it was an 80s, maybe a 90s Ferrari, and gets into an accident. And they locate it through GPS. Do the math in your head. I was born in 87. 
GPS wasn't a thing until... When was GPS a thing standard in a vehicle? In a vehicle. Much less. When it's a Ferrari. They had GPS when we were carving tablets. No, not Ferrari. Ferrari's a stripped-down race car. (laughs) They maybe have a radio. Yeah. Yeah, they they don't have GPS that you can access to the ECM on a satellite. It's not going to work. No. I see crap like that. It's like, you cannot do that. I accept Star Wars. Star Wars work. They set the parameters. These ships can fly this way. Yeah. I, I get it. I can live with it. Well, and that's so... It's interesting because so movies like that, especially car and automotive-based movies for you, it's very much like military movies for me now. Like I watched after I being... Military movies. I, I do, I do too, though. but they do... they. It just, and again, it's I think that you put it really well because I didn't even really understand when I didn't like and when I did like military movies because some of them I really really like and some of them I'm like oh my god this is terrible and so people are like oh it's because you're in the you're in the army and so like it ruins it for you because you know how it really works and I was like yeah but it's not consistent because I like some of them so I don't know I just know when I watch them like no or this is really good and it's a, I think it's all about the parameters I think it's all about them setting up like this is the stage like I am we are not going to follow any sort of realistic military doctrine and even the way that and then and then removing all of the like if they create oh, an entirely different rank structure and call it something different like I'm all in but like once you start going in like they're wearing our current uniforms and they're doing that kind of stuff and then they're, and they're they're doing some it's like when you do it halfway correct and then you mess up the other half and it, I question like did you do it because like there's a legal issue or did you, like, not give a shit and you didn't look far enough into it? Because I know they consult with military members in order to get some of this stuff right. And I'm like, was the military, the former service guy that you got, dumb? Did you not listen to was, him? Wasn't that Dick Dale guy? Yeah. <laughs> Dick Dale? Yeah, he's, I'm pretty sure that's his name. He He's like the guy that consulted for Saving Private Ryan. Oh. So you see all the good military movies, he's usually involved in it. Oh. He's that the very standard old guy with the uh, white mustache. He, he's been that's him. New, yeah, it's, I, I'm, I, I already know who you're talking about. I, I, I cannot love confirm. That man. I think his name is Dick Dale. Yeah, that's what's up. That guy's amazing. Yeah, he's usually a cowboy. Yeah, uh, in other non-army movies, probably. Yeah, probably. if it's the guy I'm thinking of, like big, thick, white mustache. Yeah, yeah, yeah very, very curt voice. Yes, you can definitely tell this guy was in the military. Yeah. Okay, so the military was no go for yeah. you. So, and that was where your eggs were all in that basket. I, art was never a consideration. Yeah. It wasn't a real thing when I was a kid. And so what do you do? Like, you walk out of, like, they they find out you have asthma, and you walk out of the recruiting station. What's going through your mind? I'm heartbroken to this day I didn't get to join. To this day, it's still an issue. Like, everything would be different for me if I could have just joined. So you don't collapse on the ground. No, I kind of went home defeated. Like, well, now what? Go get a job. Yeah. And I... How did you determine what is just like what pays? Like I need I need money. What so. was hiring? Yeah, okay. Yeah, I mean, it's small area. And you're in you were in Iowa at yeah. the time. Yep. Okay. Yep. So uh, I went to there was an ice cream plant that uh, was in Perry for a while. Metagold ice cream. A whole bunch of they. Fun fact. What ice cream? Metagold. Oh, I think you said medical. No, medical. I was like, <laughs> yeah, it's what kind cream. of ice cream is this? Did no, they have there's... CBD back then? <laughs> they did, but it wasn't used. But uh, if you buy, like, any kind of brand of, major brand of ice cream or something like that that's individually packaged, it's sharing mixed with other ice creams. 
It's the same thing. What? So yeah, you buy your grocery store brand of ice cream, it's the same as your premium store of ice cream on certain things. Shut your dirty mouth. Nope. No, it's whoever does the contract. They have the mix and like this program wants this much ice cream, this program wants this much. So just the packaging change. I don't think you understand the premise of my show. Not only is my audience supposed to walk away inspired, I am also supposed to walk away inspired. I'm This inspires I'm like, you you don't have to buy the expensive ice cream, you can buy the cheaper stuff. My life is a lie. <laughs> <laughs> don't what do I, what do I do with this information now? By, Maybe they've changed their program since the 90s. No, I believe it. I actually bought... Uh, I, I had a placebo effect straight up, and I knew it happened to me as it was happening. And it was... I bought... What was it? What are, What's some of the fancier brands of ice cream? Was it, oh. I was, it was Blue Belt. It was Blue Belt. So not like, not like ridiculous, like gourmet, but like... Supposed to be really good uh-huh. quality ice cream. And it was like some black chocolate something. Like it was a, it wasn't just chocolate. Because apparently Blue Bell's like, fuck just chocolate. I'm like, <laughs> why? Why? I'm but a simple man who likes chocolate ice cream. Um if you like chocolate chip ice cream with like real chips, forget about it. Your your life is over. I don't you can't find that crap anywhere. I yeah, I don't I don't usually do the chip. I'm so boring. Like I love ice cream, but I'm so boring when it comes to it. I'm like, just give me the chocolate. I'll, I'll I'll spice it up and I'll get a chocolate milkshake. Oh, yay! <laughs> I, I was a kid in Germany and my favorite thing on the planet was uh, Stracciatella gelato. Mm. Didn't call it gelato back then. We weren't educated. It was just ice cream. Yeah, but yeah, it's chocolate. Good Americans, cream, pretty much. <laughs> I was a good American. Yeah, and so how did that play in your your childhood? Obviously, like your father was in the military. You said, and and when I say obviously, not obviously that your father was in the military, but it's obvious that that had a profound impact on your desires for your future. I had the greatest childhood ever. I mean, there's I'm sure there's rich kids that probably had better life, but I got to live in Germany for a long time in a great period to live in. I mean, 80s in Germany was it didn't get any better. Like what? What are your fond memories from Germany, like from from then, like the things that stand out to you as oh, like, oh my god, scenery and food. Yeah, I, I got to go play in like real forests. Oh, that's amazing. Got to, got to play in like World War II pillboxes. <laughs> no, those were just scattered about behind because yeah. all of the American bases they they were taken from the German bases. Were you able to go to any of like the kind of? battlegrounds any of where where the wars were fought or anything like that um any of the significant battles i mean uh no how old were you uh i left when i was 14 when did you get there Uh, oh like you you you, oh you were yeah that's right that's right we we came back once went there and then my dad jeez so you spent the first 14 years of your life well i was i was here too it wasn't all 14 years i wish okay back and forth yeah got it so you you went back Mm -hmm. like you went Born in Germany. Yeah, when we came back, uh, I don't know what the hell state we were living in. I was like, how the hell did your dad pull out 14 years in Germany? That no, slick Rick? Three years, something? three years, three years. Every three years we bounced. Was it always back to Germany every other three years? Yeah. What? That's Mom, even crazy. Mom was German. And dad, dad had been going to Germany since, uh, I think, the end of Vietnam. No, before, because he drove tanks before Vietnam. And he was Army? Yeah. He drove tanks, then Vietnam happened, he married my mom, they were stateside. He switched over into helicopters. He did three tours in Vietnam as a door gunner. 
And then uh, did the rest of his time, I guess, working on helicopters. Okay. When, when I was a kid, he was working on helicopters. Okay. Telling people what to do on helicopters by yeah. the time I remember anything. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Uh, definitely, you get to that point. That's it's not a bad place to be. No. And so I could definitely see that, like, you know, laying some foundation in your in your brain and how you want to do that. Like, I want to tell people what to do. Or, did you have a specific thing that you wanted to do in the military? Did you want to... I had like a job. Did you want to go fly? I want to travel. Okay. Oh, I'm terrified of heights, so flying sucked, but I would understand that's part of it. So yeah. I, I was accepting, okay, I'm going to ride in a helicopter at some point, so I dealt with that. That's crazy. But as far as like, I want to do this in the military, it's like, no, I just want to join the military and go travel. Yeah. yeah, that's fair. Probably the dumbest thing you can do is sign the papers without a clear path. But that's what that I was the. Doing. That was the one thing I appreciate about the Army. I don't think it's this way anymore, but it was the one thing I appreciate about the Army when I joined was that you locked in your contract for the job you were going to do before you left for basic, before, like, that was part of the contract you signed. Like, I, you didn't sign your life away until you knew what job you were going to be trained and doing. And I was like, this is pretty cool. Although, I didn't get to that point. mine was, like, the 15th job down on the list of, like, what I wanted to do. And at that time, I was like, I already put my two weeks in at Volkswagen. I, I, I kind of got to go now. I probably would have just joined infantry or something like yeah. that. Yeah, wherever they needed you. You're like, yep, yeah, put me in. I'm ready. Let's do this. Let's Does roll it get out. overseas? Okay, yeah. that's where I'm going. So you, uh, so you worked at – how are you involved with ice cream in your first job? There, that's what you're saying? Yeah, there was a uh, ice cream factory about nine, 19 miles away from where I live. So you worked at the factory? Yeah. Great. Great job. They told me I'd get tired of eating ice cream. I never did. <laughs> never did. You got to bring home like a gallon of ice cream every day. What'd you do? What'd you do at the factory? I did everything. I started out as a uh, like general maintenance was this kind of glorified janitor. Yeah. I, easiest job on the planet. Yeah. Just look busy is all I had to do. <laughs> look then, busy and eat ice cream. Yeah, and then eat ice cream. Exactly. Yep. And so what, how long were you there for? Uh, about three years, I think. Oh, wow. I, so I, I followed my dad's pattern of three years. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's it was like ingrained. Next, the timeline's yeah. kind of ingrained. Like yeah. and it's time for me to move on. Uh, so much. you're about twenty one at the time then. Yeah, I, I uh, eighteen when I started there. So left when I was twenty. Yeah. Um, then I went to a sheet metal factory. Did oh, three years there. Jeez. Hey, go figure. Oh. <laughs> it, was, it was definitely a much more you know manly job yeah. than working at the uh, ice cream factory, but. It was still a skate job. So it what did a, you do? Um, they made insulation pieces. They called them saddles. It was a, a rounded piece that would go around like uh, hot water pipes and stuff and, okay. in uh, industrial buildings. And so, so what, what did you actually, you were cutting, oh, okay, like operating machines that were like bending the steel? Yep. So, okay. There's so, a pinch roller. A guy put his pinky through it. Oh, Jesus Christ. They had to graft skin from his hip to rebuild his pinky. What? So the now, hip? It's like the go-to for everything. Whenever we're repairing ourselves, like let's let's drill some bone from the hip. Let's craft that. some skin from That's the hip. That's an extra body part. Like, who, cares, who, who cares about the hip? <laughs> like, it's kind of like the main <laughs> flexing part. part. Yeah. yeah, literally. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. So then you did another three years there. You've okay. been you've been rocking some labor. Yep. Um, so what next? When I was there, uh, I I got so clueless what I was going to do with life. I'm like, I, I like cars, so I went to school. To Were you starting to think about long-term? Uh, I was starting to think about money, because I, yeah. I had a wife, had a okay. family, starting my family. So. Okay. 
And they sell you on the, uh, the BS that you turn wrenches, you'll make a lot of money, and life yeah. will be good, and it's not that way at all. <laughs> it wrecks your body, you don't make a lot of money, and you always had to hustle. And How did you get into it? How did you get into the auto field? Uh, I went to school, I did the two-year program, and okay. uh, apparently I was a lot more cocky when I was a kid, because before I got out of school, I started applying for jobs. I, I wanted to work for BMW, so I went over to apply there, and somebody came in to ask about, well, do you work on Volkswagen Beetles at the BMW dealership? Naturally. So, of course I do. Where I, else would you go to get that car worked exactly. out? <laughs> yeah, you know, take, take your Ford to Chevy. It's the same thing. They won't notice. Just take the emblem off the front. Yeah, see, that, that's all it is. It's just an emblem. It's all Germans, right? It's, just... it's all made in the same factory. They just put a different badge on it. So while I was there, it's like, oh, I'll go check out the Volkswagen dealership. And I got hired on the spot. I didn't even finish college because I started working right away. They didn't care. Yeah. Yeah, it's just a matter of... We were, I think we talked about this on the phone earlier. It was like, you just, they, even then, and now to to today, it's gotten equally as prevalent, if not more so, where companies just want somebody that know how to do the job. Like, just show, like, I would rather see your portfolio of accomplishments than your degree in grades, you know? And so, like, if and it's proofs in the pudding with you, like, they're going to extract you out of school, like, you don't need to finish. Well, they didn't extract me. I got the job. I started working. I was yeah. really working, so I'm like, well, they didn't need the degree to hire me. So exactly. Exactly. Well, they're willing to take you out as well. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. so you were working at BMW? No, I was no, working no, no. at Jordan Volkswagen. Jordan Volkswagen. Yeah, yeah, that's right. The, the, the and it, it was a great company, mom and pop company. And had life been that way, I'd probably still be turning wrenches to this day because they took care of their people. Oh, what happened? Uh, they sold out to a corporation that didn't give a crap about their people. Oh, and they made a payday. Yeah. Good for them? Good, yeah, it was good for them, bad for bad everybody else. Bad for everybody else. Well, the, the introduction of them buying the corporation was the uh, guy from Idaho, maybe, that bought the place. He came in with his, his party of suits, and they walked through the shop and then left. Didn't introduce themselves, didn't meet the troops, just walked, looked in the building and left. Like, wow, that tells you exactly what you need to know right there. Yeah, I know what to expect. Yep, not that's a exactly lot. what I got. So how did things change? Well, at first we were hourly. They cared more about you fixing the car and keeping the customer happy. Then it switched to um, what's called flat rate time, which you know about. Yeah. You earn well, go, you go ahead and nothing next. Yeah, explain that to people that aren't familiar. With so you get a timing belt job in. Timing belt pays like four hours to do. If you do it in four hours, you make your time. If you do it faster, you make a bonus. If you do it slower because problems arise, you lose your ass. So when you get all kinds of crappy warranty jobs like squeaks and rattles, you lose your ass every time. Yeah, because when a car, a vehicle is under warranty and it comes in for labor, the same job... Uh, so if it's like a timing belt and the timing belt broke prematurely while it's still in a warranty, that timing belt may have paid four hours originally, but because it's warranty, it's only going to pay like two and a half. Yep. And so all the and especially nowadays with, with deal when you're working at a dealership, so much war- warranties are how cars are sold. Yep. You know, like who's got the best warranty? I'm going to go, I'm going to try to get this. And, and if you work at a dealership, people usually don't bring it to you after the warranty's done. Exactly. Because it's so gosh darn expensive. Yep. And shoot, aren't most leases now, like, the vehicle is, the maintenance is covered? Yeah, a lot of people, a lot of places are doing that. I've, I've been out of that game for 10 years. Yeah. So I don't miss it Does that, uh, 
I wonder how that works as far as technician pay. Like, is that is that a type of warranty where the technicians get screwed on their pay? Well, I they, they I would generally card. assume is that what it was the yeah, lease, be, the lease falls under a warranty. Yeah, it'll, it'll all be covered by you know like Volkswagen. Yeah. So you're you got and that's even the maintenance though, right? Yeah. Even like the oil changes and stuff. That's like covered for yeah, some of them. I, I think. I think when I left, some of them, depending on services, were going like to three tenths instead of the full half hour. So to fifteen minutes instead of a half hour. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That was that was the way it was when yeah. when I was working at Volkswagen. Three tenths for an oil change. It's like, woo! Better. Turn, turn that wrench quick. Yeah. Get in and get it out. Doesn't matter what's wrong with it. You've yep. got to get on to the next one. Exactly. That's exactly it. That's exactly it. It's a shit profession. It is. It's a shit theory of how to pay your employees. It's demanding. I The only way that I think that I could really buy off on the flat rate, because to a certain extent, like, I, I get it and kind of like it, but on there's paper, no... it seems great. Yeah. You live that life a little bit and you'll realize, yeah. you know, some days you don't feel good. That doesn't matter. Some days you get shitty jobs. That doesn't matter. Yep. And some days those shitty jobs last more than one uh-huh. day. I remember coming back and seeing cars still in the on the rack from the day before, yep. waiting for that part to come in or waiting to take that next. And that's the other thing you hit on is you're also at other people's mercies. Yep. You're at parts department mercy. You're at service advisor mercy. And so I, if they wanted to stick with the flat rate to keep people motivated to, to work, because I, I see the flaws in an hourly rate that are there, you know, because you're going to have people that are going to be real lackadaisical. Like you're not, what's my, what's my incentive to, well, to get cars in and out? That's you know? where management will come in. A good manager would keep yep. people incentivized to keep going and realize, okay, this is the weekly. Cause by rights, I should have been fired a long time. <laughs> I, I was so done. I was punching a clock and that was it. Yeah. I think there could be some sort of hybrid in my mind when I'm thinking about the pay. Like well, if you did like, I, like a baseline. Jordan, when I started at Jordan, we we did the hourly rate. So you got an hourly pay, but we were still booking flag time because that's okay. what warranty pays. So if you were doing better, if you were able to hustle and everything was falling your way, you'd make more money. If things went shitty, went really south, you still took care of the customer because you fell back on your hourly rate. Oh, Yeah. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, I that's, think that makes sense. That's how you take care of so it would be if you made more money off of the flat rate, you would make that yeah. money. Okay. But if you if the flat rate fell beneath yeah. the, your hourly rate, then you would make that. So you had a safety net there yeah. of like you will not make less than this. Right. I think that's I think that's a really good call because that was honestly I wouldn't have joined the army if that was the case. It was right. like really the the main reason was I'm paying child support, you know, and which is ironic. So then I married the girl I was paying child support to, and then divorced her again, and then paying child support to her again. Life is weird. Yeah, life choices. So, well, I mean, if you look at all the free shit you had to do, like wash your floor, yeah, you didn't get paid to wash the floor, and that took at least fifteen minutes to scrub your goddamn That's floor. That's a good point. Walking here and there, finding people, locating stuff, getting your stuff, waiting on you know, like when I was working at the uh, test drives, test drives. Well, if, if it was part of the thing, it, you got paid for it. Was there, were there actually yeah, test there was test drive time offs? Yeah, I, I, think, I think most of the test drives that I did were on, I did a lot of like the new vehicle inspections. Uh-huh. I forget what they call it. Yeah, those. PDI. PDI, that's right. Test drive was included. Yep, and that was, was, part, of was, part, of, was part of the PDI. Those, and I, you, could, you could turn and burn those pretty quick and easy. Yeah, because um, it's a brand new car. If something exactly. happened, it was coming back for more. Yeah. yeah. It's really just like peel the plastic. Yeah, pretty much. Peel the plastic, drive Put the license plate <laughs> on. Exactly. On to the next one. Yep. So, you worked at that 
Volkswagen dealer for how long? How long did you stick around after things changed? Uh, I worked there about a year, and then BMW hired me, and I was like, oh my god, I'm going to... You finally got what you wanted, yeah. And careful what you wish for, because it's (laughs) an awful place to work. Um, I worked on BMW for maybe a month, and I got cycled over to Jag and Volvo and Mercedes. Jesus. How is it transitioning from, from brand to brand? Well, I was a dumb, know-nothing kid, so it was miserable for me. I didn't understand how anything worked. Yeah. But you were making a living. I was scraping by. Yeah. And then I, I got sick of that place, and I went back to Jordan. I was at Jordan. Then I switched to Lithia, but I was there seven years? Something like that. Wow. At Jordan? Yep. Well, it went, it went from Jordan to Lithia. Oh, they got bought out or... Yeah, they got bought out by... Yeah. And you went from Lithia to to you guys to yeah. us. Yeah. yeah. Well, uh, Pete, our friend, mm-hmm. went there and he kind of paid the pass. Hey, it's not a bad place. It's not great, but it's not bad. Come check it out. And you guys had Trent, who apparently kept things pretty well in lockdown, took care of you guys for a while. Yeah, I have a, I have a story. I told you before the show yeah. about Trent. That's um, not something for you. It's not something I'll disclose. Uh, the. I'll I'll disclose a good thing about Trent that I did not appreciate at the time, but I I supremely appreciate now, um, and I can I can share it to the private group later the the other stories, the not, <laughs> not so happy Trent story. Um, but when I was working there, I was very similar to you in the sense that like my turnaround periods, like where I was like I wanted to <coughs> quit, be done, and leave. Working a place, it, mine was. I was on more of like a six month rotation <laughs> than a three year. So you're better off than me, which is ironic. Now I've been in the army for ten years, <laughs> uh, which is still so surreal. It's unbelievable. I don't know what the army was thinking, letting me in or promoting me. <laughs> but I'm hey, sure everybody in your circle right now, probably. Oh yeah, I get it. Mass army guy, I get it. But to yeah, know Matt before army, it's like that's not the same person. No, it's a different. It's the same person. But it's, it, I'm telling you, four different lives. I lived four different lives. So, but yeah, so when I was at Volkswagen, I had been there for probably about six months. And I got a real shit attitude. Like, super fucking bad. And I was just walking around, just kind of she throwing shit. Yeah. And I just was, I was beat down. I didn't give a shit. And I didn't even have, like. You were beat down in six months. Yeah. Well, it was, it was not the place. It was the industry it was just working on cars you know and i kind of just i think i was just feeling not like trapped but like what i none of this was clear in my head at the time it was just there was there was angst and there was buildup of like frustrations and i think it was like what am i doing you know and none of it translated i didn't have like the level of introspection that i have now and so it's just it's just manifesting itself in like anger and hostility, and people were starting to pick it up. And I wasn't really no one ever really talked to me about it, and so I was just whatever, just being a little shithead, you know, walking around at twenty years old, pissed Fuck off at the world. And Trent calls me into his office, and he's basically just calls me on my shit, and he's like, "Hey, I see you walking around here with a shit attitude, and listen, you want to go." Get the fuck out. I'm not keeping you here. You know what I mean? Like, I got, I can get 10 other technicians that are more qualified than you to come in down here and do what you're doing, and then some. 
And I was like, I was really, really not happy with him at the time, but my attitude changed and it, and it kind of really did put things in, into perspective. And I was like, shit, like, get, get your shit together, man. And like, I am so glad I met you after. Because you were so upbeat and happy about everything. Yeah. You well, could have been on fire and you would have spun it in a happy way. <laughs> that is, I mean, it was it was interesting because that was the way that I was outside of work, even during that time. Um, and it was, I don't know. I don't know what was happening. Like, if there was a specific event occurring or what. But, like, yeah, it was, a, it was in a shit place. But um, I think you being there was part of the positivity. Because it was, like, somebody that we could actually go in and, like, and we could talk while we're working and engage in ideas and stuff. Uh, Cause I was spending a lot of time learning about new things on the outside and uh, whatever madness it was at the time, there was a lot of it Whether I was brewing ayahuasca tea or whatever I was getting into. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. So you make the transition, you come, you, you take Pete's advice <laughs> and you come over and, but you were already at that point when you showed up. Were you already done? Yeah, I was already done. Yeah. And so so if, if Brian, I don't know your last name, I don't remember, but if Brian ever hears this, I apologize for being such a shitty employee. Timmy, I don't apologize at all. You're an asshole. <laughs> well, yeah, Brian was a good guy. Brian yeah, was Brian a was guy. a really nice guy. Yeah, I liked him a lot. He, he just we met at a really bad time in my life. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Who so was I, a, I called in all the time. I didn't give a shit about nothing. Were you there when the foreman walked out? No. Who was the foreman before James? Maybe it was James the foreman when you showed up? Yeah, he was foreman. So, uh, what was his last name? Po- Hoppy. Hoppy. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, James Hoppy. James Hoppy is an amazing guy. Like, like they build humans like that. That's pretty cool. Like, But... The guy before him was like kind of your more traditional like like Hoppy was like a clean cut short guy like like professional like not really what you entered in young yeah he's and so, young and that I think he's a very he's a very smart kid yeah and so the guy before him was none of those things he was like tall kind of like what you expect from a shop foreman mechanic working in the back and they came back like they got. Him and Trent, I think it was at the time, got into it. Big fight. You know, and they're screaming in the shop at each other. And old boy is like, peace, bitches, I'm out. Like, so he, just, he just walked out. He didn't quit. I think he ended up coming back, maybe. If he did, it was just for a little bit. But he just walked out and left. And that day, there was supposed to be a drug test, a random, that they pulled from the shop. And it was him. And so he left. So Trent re-pulled the names and my name came up. Is this the infamous story? This is the infamous story. <laughs> I love this story. So Are you going to tell the story? I'm going to tell it. We're going to see what happens because I'm telling it. You probably shouldn't tell it. I'm going to tell it. You probably shouldn't tell it. You should hold, because I you should, should hold it back for your private. Because... <laughs> I will say... I, so, okay. I'll, I'll give this... this prelude to the story when i was hired at volkswagen it was the man who hired me was fully aware of all of my extracurricular activities (laughs) that is all 
that was that was part of the and and the words that were told to me when I was showing up were like, "Do what you need to do to be able to get this job," and I was like, "I understand." <laughs> so, um, anyway, we, we so we, anybody we, who knows him, just knows catch me. him off the side and ask him because you know this is one of the most unintentional gangster stories ever. <laughs> it was fun. It was a good time. What do you do? But, all right, so you're there. How long did you work at, uh, what was the name of our dealer? Was it? It was Performance. Performance. I don't know why I can't want to say Baxter. Because it's Baxter now. Is it? Yeah, I think so. Well, there you go. So, Performance, that's right, yeah. So, so I, I got it, and poor Brian had his, he had his arms full, you know, trying to keep the owner happy, trying to keep text going. I was better. You guys had never really worked with a bitter old man. So, you know, me being in my 30s when I got there, already being the bitter old man, I mean, I, I worked with guys that were getting close to retirement. Yeah. And they were broken. I mean, you see them, bad backs, bad arms, hating life, everything hurt all the time. And you guys never saw that was your future. Mm-hmm. It was going to break you. No, our shop was young. Yeah, you were very young. Yeah, I was the oldest guy in the shop. That's crazy. Because I was older than Pete. Really? And I, I felt bad. One of the things James had to attend with, you know, me and Pete had all, many years of experience, and he was fresh-faced, so that had to be really bad. It's a, it's a battle. It's a battle to be dealt with, and no matter what industry you're in, being a young leader, yep. it's there are, there are hills to overcome. You have to prove yourself in a way that yep. it's, it's, it's significant. Yeah, you, you got to prove that you know what you're doing against people who've done it a lot longer. That's, that's kind of a hard hill to take. It is. It is. And so you were there, and, I, <clears> and what? What? Out, I was burned out. Pete yeah. was probably close to burned out. Yeah, I could tell. I could see. Yeah, on both of you, it was yeah. it was pretty clear. I was just. I was, it wasn't the job. The job's fine. I mean, the job was fun. It was all the shit that went along with the job. Yeah. So what? What was the? Uh, what was the final nail in the coffin for the automotive uh, it industry? Was, it was oh the final nail. Uh, yeah. I we got paid bi-monthly here at Luthia. And uh, uh, I worked a two-week paycheck, and I got my uh, slip, and it was 24 hours to survive two weeks. How do you survive 24 hours? Off of 24 hours yeah. pay. Yeah. yeah. That's, that was, I that's why I joined the yeah. Army. Well, the funny thing was, is after I quit, and I did like I did to uh, performance, I walk. Like, I don't give notices, I walk. You piss me off, I'm done. If we leave on good terms, I'll give a notice, and it'll be, I gave... Uh, when I left Jordan, I gave him a 30-day notice. Wow. I want to stay on good terms. Yeah. They fired me within a week quitting. There was a big special on the weekend. They needed all hands on deck. And then after that, well, it's considered today your last day. But I came back on good terms, and they treated me really well until the corporate changeover. Yeah. That was so, all a management thing. It was shit management. Yeah, that makes such, it's such a... It's so significant, the personalities involved in whenever you're working for somebody... And the the ability for people to create or not create uh, like tribe and and family within your organization. That's the best way to say it. Yeah, and it's some. And you know what? I look back, and for all of my contentions or or dislikes of people that were in managerial positions when I was working at Performance. I remember we'd have these meetings and I remember thinking every time I was, why am I here? 
I get why everyone else is here, but I'm like the lube tech. Like, I don't feel like I should be involved in any of these conversations. But they were like, they talked about like potlucks and doing stuff like that and, and like setting up events for all of us to go out to. And now I can look back at that and be like, that's, that's a big deal. That's significant. Like, well, and, you guys remember how you were before Pete and I got there? You were all pretty serious and pretty straightforward. It wasn't much between anybody. It's like, yeah. Go there, put your nose down, go to work, which I'm sure employers like. But yeah. I came in with a mentality, you know, this is my life. I'm going to be here most of my day. I want to try to enjoy it as much as I can. Yep. So I screwed around with you guys. I still got the job done. Yeah. But, you know, I'd screw around, have a little fun. Smile. Yeah. Who wants to be miserable eight hours a day? Yeah. It's... Actually, what was it, nine hours a day? Because the break? We were together like nine hours a day? Yeah, at least. I remember... I remember... Many days showing up when the sun wasn't up and leaving when the sun was down. Oh, you know that's what horrible. I mean? And that's you, that, you and do what they, you do. You they know? build a building with air conditioner, but they're not going to run it because the other two buildings that are not really connected but are connected don't have air conditioning. It wouldn't be fair, even though they're facing northwest right there by an area where they get wind, and we were on the other side of the hill where there's no wind. Yes, not better to this day. <laughs> not at all. I don't feel it. Don't feel it puts air conditioning <laughs> in the building and doesn't goddamn use it. <laughs> they talk about a waste of money. Oh Everybody else was air conditioned. Salesmen weren't sweating their ass off. Parts wasn't sweating their ass off. I don't even remember that. I, th- I don't think they turned the air conditioning on for the service advisors either. I think they made them sweat it out, which probably really looks great for customers. Hey, that is, wipe the sweat off. That that is just that's a, that's poor like marketing. <laughs> the face of the organization exactly. is going to be sweating, <laughs> sweaty, nasty pigs in and out of your yeah. car. If no you way. have it installed, use the shit. It's yeah. part of your expense. I understand yes. it's expensive. Keep Absolutely. your employees happy. They keep your customers happy. And then you make money. So this is where your part of the story gets super interesting, especially to me. And this is where the inspiration came from, uh, where you planted the seed a long, long time ago. So not only you didn't just leave the automotive industry and like go to another sort. Like you had been a laborer essentially your whole life mm-hmm. and you're like no more well I, I was fine with the labor i mean it's yeah i st- i would stand all day long when i paint i can't sit and paint yeah it's another form but, of labor yeah i mean it's it's work it's just it's but you went hard. you it's you enjoyable. shifted to to art um i quit i had enough i worked at a factory for all of a week i just i was i smoked i couldn't do it anymore yeah and i I commend people that can. I think I'm just wired differently. I think I'm just a little dumber. <laughs> or or smarter. Well, no, I'm, I'm poor as fuck. So. Well, <laughs> money isn't necessarily an indication of intelligence. No, I'm definitely happier as far as all that stuff. But exactly. Happier until bills come. <laughs> yeah. So, how did you... When you set out on that journey, like, what kind of path did you see for yourself? Like, you what did you plan on doing to earn an income with your art? You said that word that did not exist. Plan. plan. <laughs> yeah. yeah, much much like everything else I seem to do. I just said fuck it and I just I went. So what did what did you actually do then? Um I spiraled for a little bit at first, like what direction I was gonna go. Yeah. Some people really talked me into trying out airbrushing and getting into the uh, painting motorcycles and stuff and picked up the airbrush and I fell in love and that was it and so you were able to find a kind of a niche with the motorcycles yeah but they 
it's I'm sure like every business on the planet, you have to build a name. Yeah. And being an artistic business, you know, it's not like I'm hungry, I need to go buy art. Yeah. It's, it doesn't work that way. Either you want you want art or you don't really care. Like, oh, yeah, I want to look at it. That's really cool, but I'm not going to buy it. Yeah. People have no compunction about getting a tattoo. You know, I'll, I'll spend $80 an hour for a tattoo, but I'm not going to buy something to hang on my wall. Yeah. It's, it is it's an interesting just, difference. Yeah. It's, it's just how it works. I mean, there's a few people out there that are crazy about art and they go out and they buy art, but the general public by and large, it's, it's not something that they consume, I guess. Yeah. Well, yeah, there's a, there's a different appreciation for it and especially in uh when you start getting into kind of like the finer side like like the more quality are like i'm not going to walmart and, and getting the right. the pre-made canvas so i could have something on yeah, the wall and decorative when you, art. yeah right. when you enter into a world where it's like this specific artist designed this thing yep. you know and i'm gonna pay for that it is you do leave uh a, a good portion of your potential, you know, target market, like it, it shrinks. Oh yeah. It shrinks. And so how long have you been doing it for now? Uh, almost 10 years. 10 yeah. years. Yeah, that's right. Cause like it was about the time I joined the army. Yep. It was very similar. I so. came, I came back and probably worked for a year or two and ended it. Fun fact. I got four checks after I, I quit all my, I got all my time. It magically uh, reappeared. Hey, four checks. I got a call like three months later. Hey, uh, what do you want to do with this check? What check? Fucking give it to me. <laughs> so I went I went and picked up two and I got mailed two later on. Within the span of a year I got all those extra hours. Thank God. Out. Yeah, it was it was pretty handy in the, the very yeah, broke period. Of course. And so what were some of the breaks? I know that we've we've talked over the years a little bit here and there. What are some of the like the cool kind of projects that you've been able to be involved with so far? Um, I've I've had some pretty fun motorcycle paint jobs I got to do and I've had some pretty awesome customers say, just do your thing. Wow. So you can't beat a freedom like just do your thing. That's, that's gotta be exciting. Where, where did that take you down? Where, what is, what is, what kind of inspiration do you draw for? And were those all bikes that you're talking about when yeah. you kind of given that? So, well, the, uh, I'm doing a mini bell tower now and I, I get to do my thing. What, uh, when you, when you're doing that for somebody's bike, do you, incorporate any like like their personality type into it like like you talk to them get to know them or anything or is it um, just I like tr i try to find out a direction they want to go because you can't see inside somebody's head yeah you know you you have an image in your head and that's your image but i have no idea what it is yeah so i try to figure out something to approximate your image and go from there what were some of the what were some of the directions well, you went with those star wars bike was uh it started out he wanted a, a yoda for sure because he's penny yoda boba fett and uh i think Stormtrooper, and then C-3PO flipping the bird. <laughs> nice. I actually tried to talk him out of the Star Wars theme because he's... He really? Yeah, he was a, a big-time writer. I mean, he's all the Harley stuff. You know, he was there. It's just like, you're going to make fun of on a Star Wars bike in Harley. Which, hilariously enough, I was way wrong. It's been the most popular bike I've ever painted. Really? <laughs> yes. The skulls and all the other stuff do not match the uh, enthusiasm people have for the Star Wars bike. Yeah, because it seems like it might be, like, played out. Everybody knows... Well, the skulls and stuff? Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, it's... But it's, like, it's a standard go-to. Yeah, it's a standard yeah. go-to. Yeah. And so, uh, but, like, there's, like, a level of expectation where it's not... You don't see skulls on a bike. Like, I, as yeah. a fellow rider, I'm like, that's good. Yeah. That's cool. You know, but, like, you see something unique like that, and especially something so niche... That's like that's Star Wars, and especially for a lot of people that are riding that are a little bit older that got to experience that 
that whole Star Wars phenomenon Everybody as it Everybody knows up. Star Wars. Exactly. Like, so I'm not, I'm not a huge Star Wars guy because I, honestly, I... Because you're wrong. I was, I was just young, so I wasn't there when, like, I wasn't going to the theater. So when did the first one come out? Like, 77? 77. Yeah, that was 10 years before I was born. I've seen every single movie that came out in the theaters the year they came out. <laughs> I don't remember Star Wars so much. I remember going to the theater. I really remember Empire Strikes Back. That was my big... Yeah. That was when I was in. And so I say all that, and there will be people that are listening. I, I may have lost some of my audience. and That's it's okay. I still love you guys. <laughs> um, but I just... I don't know. I watch it, and I'm like, it's good, I guess. You know? I like... <laughs> you gotta understand from the era though it was there was that's, nothing and that's, and that's like my it. point that's now my point. everything's like it but back then there was nothing like it yeah it's, so I mean you have those writers now that are that have seen it that lived it and then they get to see it on the bike like that and especially with C three PO flipping no that that's not what happened at all oh. the uh, we he gave me those original parameters and I'm like well how about this I'll I'll do a lot more for you you just let me do. You know, make it look a little bit more like a movie poster. Oh, okay. Kind of like a, a collage of Star Wars. Yeah. It's like, okay, yeah, that's fine. And he was only going to do his saddlebags, nothing else. Oh, okay. It's like, I could take my saddlebags with me. It's not that big of a deal. I'm doing... So I did the bags. Then it ended up being, okay, well, let's do the front fender deal. Let's, let's get that done to match. And then it ended up being, he broke down. We got the bike taken apart to get the gas tank off. Yes. So I got the whole bike now. That's fantastic. So is it um, just one era of Star Wars that no, ended up on that bike? It was all the movies up till uh, Rogue One because that was uh, Rogue One came out. No, Force Awakens came out. So it's up to Force Awakens. That's pretty neat. Oh. That's pretty neat. And so now you... Uh, I'm trying to remember. You had talked to me about uh, a guy... Was it? Was he in Italy that had a special type of canvas that he wanted you to mess oh, around with? yeah. I love these canvases. That was the one I showed you with the uh, the girl with the Viking symbol. Oh, was it really? Yeah, it's uh, it's some kind of liquid paper stuff they make, and they form it on this canvas. And I, I was just contacted out of the blue on Instagram, and he asked me if I'd be interested in using this canvas. And I'm, I'm broke as fuck, like I said earlier. Like I would love to, but I don't have finances. And he he sent me a canvas. I just tried out and let me know what you think. And then uh, about uh, two months ago, I've been so busy I can't keep track. Of time. <laughs> two months ago, I think uh, he sent me three more multi-size canvas with nothing. Just like here, these are yours. Wow. Yeah, I'm, I'm blown away. And, and so what is it? Anybody who's looking for any kind of art canvas, check out Tekka Design. They're fantastic. That's amazing. They're Tech. super light. I mean, it feels like a piece of paper, but it's a big, thick canvas board. Really? It's got a uh, cherry wood is the frame inside. And then it's what? they pour this liquid canvas on, sand it smooth, pour more on, sand it smooth. It's amazing stuff. That sounds incredible. It is. It's, I, I love this stuff. So what did they? What did he want when they sent you? Because you said he sent you like a second order, essentially, of them for you to be able to use. Yeah. He, well, the, the first one there was there was never a direction for anything. He said just try it out. And, did he want know, you to like he push asked, out? Like, yeah. He asked if I would like, like when you, know, you when you're selling them or when you're showing displaying them to be able to like say like this is what they are. Well, he he just asked that I said something online. Oh, you know, just say something on Instagram that you you know if you like it. Well, here's it. another shout out, baby. Yeah, Tech yeah. Designs. Everybody go buy their stuff. They're awesome. That is amazing. That is super cool. Like the it's it's things like that. Those kinds of shifts in any uh, sphere of you know any niche or any any genre of existence where like you find something that's like this has been used and it's been done this way forever, and it's it's taking something that already exists and then just making it 10 times better yeah. 
You know, and, and it really is. That's incredible. I love it. I think that's a beautiful thing. It operates like paper, but it doesn't soak like paper does. It's, yeah. It's actually, I, I love the shit. That's and I, cool. I would, if I had an extensive amount of money, I'd buy a shit ton of them. Yeah. I that's, absolutely would. I, hell yeah. That's product I can't so where, and it's, is it based out of Italy? Was mm-hmm. that correct? Oh, oh that's cool. Go Instagram, man. He keeps man. apologizing. I said, I'm sorry, my uh, English is so bad. You speak two languages. I'm not judging nothing. Yeah, you're good, bro. <laughs> you're, you're typing this shit. I'm not exactly. gonna judge. Exactly. Like I got Google Translate at the end of the day, baby. We'll make this work. <laughs> if you're I'm willing sorry. to keep sending me canvases, I'm sorry, my Italian's so bad. <laughs> so, um, and then now, I don't want to skip over any of the other ones, but the one that I just saw today was you said it's a bell tower, right? Yeah. In the city of Jefferson, Iowa, they have a uh, what's called the Mahaney Bell Tower, and uh, it was uh, a rich guy donated this uh, giant bell tower. It's one of the tallest things in central Iowa, and you can go up and view the area from the top of the bell tower. And it's cool. This thing, I so I saw it in your studio just a little bit ago, and it's taller than me i think yeah it's like uh six two i think yeah somewhere around there yeah it's 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 really slick like uh it's got kind of like beveled in walls that go up to the top and you even it even has like the little gate yep, around the top the, of it too the viewer, so. yeah. there's actually a set of bells that go on top of that but i, I take oh, them off for pain oh so oh my gosh i was wondering i was like dude where are the bells in this bell tower is it yep, they're, they're <laughs> off cause they're okay painting. so it goes on top of that yep. too how far is jefferson from here uh 14 miles Okay. The wrong direction? No. Is it no, easy? actually, it's uh, it's not taking you too much it, to go back. I, I can switch yeah. your way to go back if you want to. Yeah, I think I'm going to swing by. I want to be able to snap some pictures even. Oh, yeah, so you can get the other bell tower. I got one there already. Oh, yeah, I have the flag to one. now. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yep, that's perfect. That's too easy. Um, I'm definitely going to do that. So, with that, that, this is what, so you, they're putting up four miniature versions of the bell tower that are going right around it in the vicinity yeah, of right, the bell tower? these right now are going on the square around the uh, bell tower. Cool. So and they, and you got two of them. Yep. yep that just, How the, one is the, the heck did that happen? Um, I mean, you deserve it, but like, just like the sequence of events, like how did that... I, I'm... For some reason, people weren't, like artists weren't jumping on the opportunity to do it. I'm not really sure why. Interesting. Because it, it, it was a for-pay thing, so it wasn't like donate your time. It's actually... Really? Yeah, I'm getting paid for it. Yeah, you... you I would have done it. You can't be for-pay, but for some reason, uh, this fourth one wasn't getting picked up, and I think they're having a problem with the businesses in the town not having interest in it, and it's a new thing. Interesting. So I think a lot of it was people weren't jumping on the new bandwagon yet. Okay. So I, I'm hoping that interest goes way up and these things end up all over town. Cause yeah, I think that'd be really cool. It, well, the, the city of Ames is where ISU is at, and they have uh, the the uh, mascot, which uh, Cy the Cyclone. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They have a bunch of tall mascots of, of him all around town that are all artistically painted up, and it's just, it's cool. That's really neat. Des Moines did it. Be, uh, I think they're doing it during the, uh, the uh, pork festival. They had like, these pigs made up like that, and they were all around town, and they're all different. So it's not like you go, yeah. you see one, you see them all, they're all different. It's just such a That's cool That's really cool. It's, so it's, it's Jefferson's version of that. I like it. That's yeah. smart. That's a, it's a, it's a cool community kind of thing, exactly. you know, and, and you get the artistic expression and that's, that's something that's surprising about Iowa being in the Midwest where it is and, you know, farm country is that it's actually surprisingly, uh, progressive and to some extent on some, some things. Some. Yeah. So it's just, it's cool to see like small towns, 
like investing, if you will, like into art and to like the public. Like that's pretty cool. There's a group in Junction that's making those happen. They're really doing lots of stuff. I mean, they they're donating stuff to the uh, high school art program there, and they're the the program is doing big projects. They painted a big mural for uh, uh, the city of Grand Junction, and they painted one for Jefferson. And we're not talking like stupid stuff here. I mean, they're painting really intricate, cool stuff, and it's like something to see. That's awesome. Yeah, art program doing that's pretty cool. Because when I was in school, art program was pretty uh, non-existent. <laughs> they had a zero budget to work with. Wow. So go ahead if you want to figure my, it out. My uh, my senior year of, of high school, my art program was they just gave me the keys to the art department. I had two. Jesus. I had two. I was pretty much worthless for everything else. But I had one or two periods a day that. I didn't do study hall. I went to the art art room. That's really cool. Counted as art credit. It's kind of a cool opportunity. Oh, I loved it. I went completely freelance, essentially, like no supervision, essentially, and just go in there and just a lot of trust on their part because I was a dumb kid, but I didn't. (laughs) I behaved. I didn't. Imagine that in this day and age, if you heard that at a school, they're like, "Oh yeah, they just threw the keys to this to the art department to this kid." All the needles and scissors and stuff. Yeah. (laughs) My parents are freak now, but. Like, I, I think it's great. I think it'd be awesome to be able to give that kids kids the kind of latitude again. I did all the art programs they had, and I was out of art programs, and I think everybody pretty much saw that that's the only thing I gave a shit about. Yeah. I tried sports ball one year. I did every sport, and I had no interest in them. Yeah. You found your you found it. Yeah. So I obviously, it wasn't for the book learnings. Yeah. <laughs> well, and then you took to, I mean, like, you took it after breaking your back and scraping by I mean it gets to a point when you just I gotta imagine you just kind of ask yourself like if I'm gonna scrape by like why do it in something that like is morally questionable and the whole another conversation in the automotive industry that we had before <laughs> we actually had so Tony his wife Mandy and I had a really long very political hilarious <laughs> conversation Always. I'm gonna I'm gonna tuck that one away um, so if anybody wants to see that, that's definitely going to be like uh, in the private group or I don't know. I'm still figuring out there might be a subscription side to, side of it, but it's a, it's a great conversation. It's really fun. I'm probably going to start doing more of those. We have the ability to just freely talk. Yeah. I mean, you can say whatever the hell you want. I'm not going to get offended or pissed off. Isn't that, I can say isn't whatever that the hell I want. I'm, you're not going to get offended no. or pissed off. It's just, no. yeah, that's how you feel. It doesn't I, affect how I feel. I, I honestly love hearing and i was not always this way um i love hearing people i would rather talk with somebody about politics with stuff that with with someone that i don't agree with like that if i'm just gonna sit there and like i'm gonna talk to like a fellow libertarian who believes the same libertarian principles that i do i'm like cool yeah good 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 talk anyway let's go get some ice cream (laughs) (laughs) Well, the the biggest uh, problem people have is they have to be right. Yeah. Nobody's right. I mean, you just have your opinion on something. No, and it's true because... Based on what you've you've arrived at. Yep. And and even down to, if we want to get as philosophical as, like, murder, we've just agreed that as humans, we value human life above other life. You know what I mean? And so, like, you can't kill somebody that's illegal, but that's still subjective <laughs> from the point of humans. Say, it's okay yeah. to kill Adolf Hitler. Yeah. That was fine. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Well, I mean, you can you can earn it. <laughs> you can earn a good killing. <laughs> the hell was it? Uh, as you know, I'm huge in the military stuff. Mm-hmm. And I More like, so than me. Yeah, huge. 
I was watching a documentary and it was about a sniper and they asked, you know, uh, do you think it's ethical to kill people and do what you do and stuff like that? And he said, some people just need shot. <laughs> I, it's 100% true. There's yeah. just, there's some people that are non-redeemable. Yeah. There's some awful people out there. There are. There are. And that's... Uh... Hitler was a shitty person, but he was a shitty person that uh, built himself up an empire, so he yeah. made himself very noticeable. Mm-hmm. There's lots of shitty people that are like him that nobody notices because they didn't build up their empire. Yeah. And that's why I, I've, I'm a firm believer in the expression, I say this all the time, um, but I'm a firm believer in the idea of show me your friends and I'll show you your future. You know, and so I think it's important to, one, be introspective and to really look at yourself. One of the things that I really am trying to do with this show is have people identify the fact that we're all telling ourselves a story about ourselves. Like, we have our internal narrative and when you identify the fact that that exists and you're able to identify the limitations that you've imposed on yourself that only exist because you set them there or because somebody told it to you and because of their position at the time, like that, it like stuck, yep. you know, and you identify like, why did I think I couldn't do this thing that I've always really wanted to do? Like I just, in my head, it's been a thing like, oh, you can't do that. The reason is essentially irrelevant. The fact that you've said that you can't do something is really the more relevant fact. And so that's kind of like the big purpose of the show is to is to is to break that mold and like that's why you were so significant and in my life is because you modeled that behavior. You were like, I'm just going to leave this industry that I've been in for a very long time and I'm gonna go do what the fuck I want to do and that's be an artist. And I'm like, that's a thing that human you could just do that as an adult and it was it was even more so because you had family. You have a family. If I didn't have support of my family, I wouldn't have made it this far. Yeah, and that's that's huge. Because this is a life of failing, <laughs> and anytime you go out and try to do your own thing, it's it's uphill. Yeah, you have to learn that you're going to fall a lot, and you're going to have to keep moving forward. And that's I think that that's probably answers one of the last questions. Uh, like, so if you have if you're talking to somebody who's who's been grinding away in the in that shit job, you know, for a long period of time, and They've got maybe not a side hustle, but they've got some stuff. They like they're they're uh, I don't know woodwork and building tables like on the weekends because that's where they get a lot of pleasure from, like seeing the fruits of their labor. But they're working in a cubicle nine to five. You have these people that are listening right now. What kind of advice would you give them based off like what you've done? And I know that like you're not living in the world where like where you're crushing it, and so like that's almost better because it's like we're I feel like. From you, I can derive a really raw sense of what it takes. Like this isn't—it's not glorified. This, you know, it's—it's it's like people talk about war. It's not—it's not glory. You know, it's terrible, and you don't want to be involved in it. And so, I'm just curious about your perspective, like in the trenches that you exist in. Uh, it's pretty morbid, but the whole thing is, I'm gonna die at some point. I'm gonna die, and I don't want to spend the short time I have in this glorious existence being miserable. That perspective on existence, I think, is significant because it's I, it really is as glorious as you decide to allow it in your mind. I, I'm I'm glorious, lucky, gifted, all that crap. I, I was born free. I mean, I'm not saying that one country is better than another, but there's obviously third world countries where people have a really hard time just day to day existence. I was born in a 
a lifestyle where food wasn't, you know, my main concern. I wasn't going to get eaten by wild animals. Yeah. Wasn't going to get killed by another uh, tribe or any of that crap. I I was born free, safe, fed, fairly healthy. I mean, apart from the asthma, you know, I'm a healthy person. I get to walk around every day and that's pretty goddamn lucky. A lot of people that don't have that same luck. Absolutely. So when you're looking forward at the work that you're doing and the opportunities that you've had and you, like we talked about, you're going to die. And so you're on your deathbed. What does, what has to happen from today to that point for you to look back and be like, like I made the right choice for myself and like I don't have any regrets and I feel like I was successful it, successful is me being able to pay my bills, but all my deathbed is probably if my kids were proud of me, then I did good. Well, I'm not your kid, <laughs> but I'm proud of shit of you. Like, it, it stuns I, the living shit out of me because <laughs> you've been all these cool places, done all this cool shit, you know? Yeah, but I did it on your dime as the taxpayer, so I appreciate you. <laughs> Worth a penny. I, I support the military, as you know. Yeah, absolutely. No, I'd pay a soldier before I pay a politician. Shit. And it's, it's, it's a world, it's a world we live in and it's, it's, it's crazy out there. And I know that, um, it it means a lot to the service members to get the support, but it would mean nothing if we didn't have people like you actually breaking loose from that nine to five bullshit and pursuing their dreams. Like that's, if, if everyone is a cog in some corporate machine where they're, they're clocking into their cubicle or to their bay as a mechanic or to whatever. Like, what's the point? I don't, I don't really think that's fair. You know, everybody being a cop. Cause there's, there's some people where their passion is they just want to go, you know, boating on the weekend. No. And that's, and I, and I, all of that said, I, if you are the person and I use that exact example and I will say it every episode just to make clear if that person who's on his boat, who like clocks out at, 4.58, you know what I mean? Like, as, as soon as he can out at the clock, runs out, hops on his boat and goes fishing until the sun goes down and goes home, racks out and wakes up and does the same thing the next day and that is your driving motivation. Like, all the power, love and respect to you, don't listen to my show. This is not for you. I have people that I'm I'm reaching out to. There, there's a purpose behind this. If you're miserable in life and you don't like where it's going, yeah, then, then I'm here to talk to people to show you that change is possible fear is there is a real thing that you have to you're gonna have to battle you're gonna have to overcome but people have done it and they continue to do it and one of the biggest things that i think about that about fear and i think that this is important for people to take away especially if they're looking to make a huge change in their life and you can give me your perspective on this too is fear is like any other muscle it's like a mental muscle and so if if you spend your life avoiding things that you're afraid of, you're, that, that cur- the muscle of courageousness is going to be weak because you haven't used it. So if you're, if you're putting yourself in situations where you kind of have to overcome it, if you're, if you're choosing to speak, even if like you go to your cousin's wedding and you're like, I'll speak, I'll get up and speak and say something about my cousin, you know, like, and like I'm terrified about speaking in front of people, you know, or, um, I don't think I get like I I don't have the confidence in myself to be able to go back to school. Like I'm gonna take a night class, you know, or whatever the case is. Whatever your 
your kind of personal demons are, whatever those limitations you've set on yourself, having the courage to step up and just do it in a little way. Like, you don't have to be like, I'm dropping everything, I'm quitting. Yeah, like, no, you don't have to start at a at a hundred, you know? Like, start taking the steps to build up that courage so that way when those times come up later, you have, like, you've built it up, you've started doing your your courage curls, you know? <laughs> and you're building it up. And so, I mean, like, you kind of did that, it seemed like, throughout your career. Like, you know, like, you stood up for yourself and you walked out. When you needed to, which is, it takes courage to walk out of a job that you're getting paid to do when you I, have a wife and kids at home. My, it's an awful thing to say. My biggest, my motivator in life isn't money. It's never been money. I mean, of course, I'd like to be rich like everybody else, but I'm not all consumed with the mighty dollar. Yeah. Which I'm, it may cost me in the end. It may benefit me in the end. I don't know. I don't have the answers. It's, I think that there's, there is a, there's not a dollar amount that you can put on to the quality of life. Like exactly. money, money is amoral. And so it will, you will do with it, you know, you can do with it good and you can do with it bad. And so it's a, if you are living your life and, and living out your passions and you are making money, like you can use that money to further support that. But if you're doing it, like I, I had this one, of my first interview with CDs was she talked about the golden handcuffs that they put on teachers and those working in the public schools in Chicago. Like it was such a shit show up there that they, they pay these teachers through the roof, like a lot of money, like you would want them to get paid, but it's such a, like it, at the time, and this is years and years ago, um, not to say it's changed, not to say it's different. I'm just saying, I don't know if it's what it is right now, but when she was there, it was like, she would get, she left the public schools and started doing like working privately and she would get pictures from her friends that were still teaching or still working in the public schools at the end of the week with their shopping carts filled with liquor. And they're like, Oh, finally off for the week, you know? And now I get to like do my mental recovery. And it's like, well, that's where all the extra money's going. That in therapy, you yeah. know what I mean? Like, and no judgment, to that at all like by all means like dude the therapy is amazing it's a whole nother conversation but uh like it's it, it goes to that quality of life like if work is stressing you out to the point when you have to get slammed every weekend or after work on a regular basis maybe it's time to start questioning like what am i doing like is is this the type of stress that i want to my body to be undergoing every day and you don't have to pursue your passions to to be happy but finding happiness in what you do is important so on that note if people want to reach out to you and want to see your work i'm going to try to get some of it posted up at least and and since put some links up with this as well but if you want to reach out you out to you and follow you on instagram or facebook like how to what's the best way to follow Um, you in your work facebook and instagram are both middle of nowhere studio middle of nowhere so just at at middle of nowhere middle of nowhere studio okay okay that's perfect Thanks, man. I really appreciate the time. Hey, I'm glad you came. This is awesome. It's, Dude, it's beautiful. I love it out here. <laughs> Except for the gnats. It's all good, though. Bugs are really bad right now. <laughs> Thanks, brother. Thank you. Well, that was a lot of fun. Got a chance to sit down with my good buddy, Tony, and take a look at what his life looks like now with putting art as the central focus and the central point of his income. Thoroughly impressive. His um, 
His dedication and persistence to the craft is phenomenal. I love his work. I love what he's what he's done and what he's doing. It's extremely inspiring to me. So thank you so much, Tony, for taking the time to sit down with me. That was it was a blast. I had a really good time. And if you guys liked it and you enjoyed it, please um, rate the show, whatever podcast medium that you're listening through, and uh, share subscribe come on back we'll be here again um actually looking at a potential restructure coming up where i'm going to start shifting the days of production and adding a couple more days in so we'll see how things go looking for a monday wednesday friday kind of effect and we'll see i'll keep you guys informed but again thank you so much i appreciate you coming by and listening and i will see you here next week